Chapter 21 Jake and I stepped back from the crowd. No one noticed. No one cared. They had a miracle to witness. You think David morphed Sadler? I asked Jake. I know he did. Days back, I mentioned Sadler to all of you. I saw his eyes kind of light up. I didn't think much of it at the time. Besides, we were kind of busy. I nodded. He needed a life. David's family are controllers, and he needed a place to go. To sleep. To eat. But it's just a morph. If he stays in it more than two hours at a time, he's stuck, and he'll lose his morphing power permanently. All he has to do is go to the bathroom, demorph, remorph, and he's good for another two hours. And take a look at his parents. Do you think they're going to notice, or care, if Sadler is suddenly very different than he has been? He was right. Sadler's parents thought they were losing a son. Now he was back. Alive. A miracle. So maybe his memory was a little impaired. Maybe he didn't remember his friends or his favorite food. He'd be different, but that was to be expected with what he'd gone through. And anyway, Sadler always had been a jerk. David should be able to play the role. What could his family even possibly suspect him of? Being a morph? Obviously not. Then, something awful occurred to me. Sadler? Where's Sadler? The real one? Jake looked grim. I guess we'll have to ask David, won't we? I looked at Sadler. There was a momentary gap in the gaggle around him. He saw us. We saw him. His look was pure triumph. Then, the wall of people closed around him again. I was not even slightly surprised when... An hour later, Sadler said he had to go to the bathroom, by himself. He was fine, perfectly fine. Everyone should stop worrying. He passed deliberately by Jake and me. Cousin Jake, Cousin Rachel, I'm glad you're here. Really, really glad. For a brief moment, no one else was within hearing. You won't get away with this, I said. I won't? I already have. And what are you two going to do? The real Sadler was toast. Now those nice people have their son back. So what are you going to do about it? He started to walk away, then turned back, as if he had some funny secret to impart. I'll take the blue box, cousins. Bring it to me. You have 24 hours. Starting now. He laughed, loudly enough for all to hear. So they all laughed, too giddy from the fact that unbearable tragedy had missed them. Jake and I plastered smiles on our faces, but we both felt sick inside. David had beaten us. Jake and I left. We went out into the mostly empty hallway. Okay, we have to plan right now, Jake said. Plan what? We are never going to know whether we're being watched by David or listened to by David from now on, Jake said. Right now, we know where he is. Right now, we're safe. So what are you going to do? Give him the blue box? Jake's eyes flashed. Never. I smiled, despite myself. Okay. So? So... I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I stopped smiling. What do you mean? I mean, what do you think we should do about him? About David? A nurse came by and flashed an automatic smile. When she was gone, I said, Look, Jake, 
I don't know what you're getting at. And you know what? I don't think I like what you're thinking about me. What? What's that about? You never answered me before, Jake. I want to know. When David left the cafeteria, and I started after him, and Cassie said no, and you said to let me go, what exactly did you think I would do or say to David? Jake nodded. Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah, oh, that's what this is about. What did you expect me to do to David? Did you think I was going to kill him? Did you? Is that why you let me go after him? Is that why you sent Axe for me? Because you think I'm some kind of violent nut you can call in whenever you need some dirty work done? Look, Rachel, every one of us has his strengths and his weaknesses. And my strength is being some kind of crazy killer? I practically shrieked. I didn't say that. You didn't not say it. Okay, fine, Rachel. You want to do this? Fine. I think you're the bravest member of the group. I think in a bad fight, I'd rather have you with me than anyone else. But yeah, Rachel, I think there's something pretty dark down inside you. I think you're the only one of us who would be disappointed if all this ended tomorrow. Cassie hates all this. Marco has personal reasons for being in this war. Axe just wants to go home and fight Yerkes with his own people. Tobias... Who knows what Tobias wants anymore? But you? Rachel, you love it. It's what makes you so brave. It's what makes you so dangerous to the Yerkes. I let his words blow past me. I heard them. I'd feel them later. But I didn't want to feel them right then. You did think I'd go kill David the other day. My God. No, I thought you'd scare him. I thought you'd say the things it took to scare him. I thought you'd say whatever you had to. And I thought that of any of us, David would be most likely to fear you. An attendant pushed a wheeled bed slowly past. I tried to look at myself the way Jake saw me. Was it true? Did I love this war? I worry about you, Rachel. More than any of the others, except Tobias. I feel like this war is to you like booze is to an alcoholic. Like, I don't know what will happen to you if it all ends someday. What are you going to do? Go back to being the world's greatest shopper? Go back to gymnastics and getting good grades? I laughed harshly. You worry about me? What do you think you're going to do? Jake, you're a leader now. You make life and death decisions, all the time. You've learned to do that. And, I added bitterly, you've learned to use people. You use them for their strengths and their weaknesses. Worry about me? Like when all this is over, you'll go back to being a mediocre basketball player and a decent student? You're not even in high school yet, and you're the most wanted person in the Yurk Empire. Visser 3 would trade his blade ship for your head on a stick. We both fell silent for a while. From inside, there came the drifting sound of laughter. David was back from the bathroom, demorphed, remorphed, and good for another two hours. He could keep that up for weeks, maybe years. At night, he could demorph and sleep. In the dark, he'd look enough like Sadler. At school, he could demorph and remorph between periods, in the stalls of the boys' bathroom. No need to worry about clothing. He'd fit Sadler's. The creep. The evil little creep. My own emotions brought me back to the moment. I'm not going to lose it, Jake, I said, staring down at the polished linoleum. Maybe you're right. Maybe I do kind of get off on it all. But I still know where the line is. And I won't cross it. I'm not some kind of nut. I know what I'm doing.
Jake nodded. I know you do, but everyone draws their own line. Cassie's is in one place. Marco's is somewhere else. Yours? Yours is in another. Mine? He made a failed attempt at a smile. For example, see, I used to think my line was drawn at using my friend, my cousin, to do my dirty work. Guess that sort of turned out not to be true. Sorry, Rachel. I have no idea why I did what happened next. Because I'm really not that kind of person. But I hugged Jake. And he hugged me back. Then, he whispered in my ear. Okay, now let's figure out how we take this creep down. You know it, cousin, I said. Chapter 22 Jake and I went over every possibility, I said. Nothing. Nothing at all. He has us cold. I looked around at the others. It was a grim-looking little group there in the barn. What do you mean, he has us? Marco said loudly. That little creep has us beat? No way! We've been kicking Visser Three's butt all this time, and we lose to that jerk? I don't think so. Look, I don't like it either, but it's reality, okay? Jake held up one finger. Fact number one. David has the same power as we have, which means he's as hard to destroy as we are. And the Yurks have tried very hard to destroy us. How are we going to succeed when the Yurks have failed with all their forces and technology? Marco raised his eyebrows in grudging acceptance. Yes, that makes some sense, Axe agreed. Of course, Tobias had nothing to say, because Tobias wasn't there. Tobias was away. Jake continued. Fact number two. David can sell us out to Visor 3. I don't think he wants to do that, because David's not a complete idiot, and he knows that any contact he has with Visor 3 is likely to be very dangerous for him. I'm not so sure he's not an idiot, Marco said darkly. I would just like to point out that I never liked that guy. I said from the start that any kid who kept a pet cobra was trouble. Goody for you, Marco, I said. Fact three. David has now acquired a morph of Rachel's and my cousin Sadler. What am I going to do? Make my uncle and aunt lose their son again? Better to leave David with them. And best of all, they live out of town, so David would be out of our faces. I have a problem with that, Cassie said. I have a problem with the idea that these people lose their son and get this completely different person instead. That seems sick to me. It seems wrong. It is wrong, I agreed. But what's the alternative? Cassie shook her head slowly. There's no good choice here, but you know what? As sad and awful as it is that your cousin died, that's natural and normal and part of life. Having some ghoulish, fake version of Sadler still around? Makes me kind of sick to my stomach. Fact number four. We give David the blue box, and he has what he cares about. I don't know what he intends to do with it. Maybe he'll create his own little group of animorphs. Jake made a face like, could be. Yeah, right. Marco sneered. Here's fact five. David killed Tobias, and we're going to reward him? I exploded. Hey, you think we like this? You think I, personally, like this? I hate that creepazoid. I would destroy him, if I could. But facts are facts, unless you're completely crazy. Marco sneered. I never thought I'd see the day. Fearless Rachel, 
Mighty Xena, Warrior Princess, humiliated by some kid. You're done for, Rachel. No one will ever be impressed by you again. You're a joke. I leapt at him and grabbed him by the throat. Don't push me, Marco, I hissed. He just laughed. You know, I'm glad about this, at least, Marco said. At least David shattered the myth of Mighty Rachel. It's a good thing you did survive, because now you have to live with the fact that you got beaten by David. I guess maybe you're not Xena after all, but David may just be Hercules. I shoved Marco back and turned away from his mocking laughter. Okay then, Jake said. Here's what I propose to do. I'm going to tell David where he can find the box. One of us will go with him. He'll probably want that anyway, so he's sure it's not a trap. He'll probably ask for Cassie. She had the least trouble with him. Speaking of which, Cassie, you're the only one who knows where the blue box is hidden. Not to be egotistical or anything, but where I hid it, no one would ever find it. For one thing, I had Axe disassemble it. For one thing, I had Axe disassemble it. Say what? Marco asked. It breaks down? Of course, Axe said a little snippily. It has component parts. Cassie asked me to reduce it to smaller components so that she could hide each piece separately. And so that I could carry the parts and morph, Cassie said. Rachel and I... Wait a minute. Rachel knows where it's hidden too? Jake asked, frowning. Cassie looked embarrassed. I kind of was scared to hide it where I hid it and not have someone with me. I mean, we had to do rat morphs to get there. And it took several trips because I could only carry small components one at a time. Jake laughed. I should have known if I told you to hide something really well. It'd be hidden where no one would ever find it. Oh, it's hidden all right. Piece by piece, I affirmed. Jake sighed. Okay then. I'll see David Slush Sadler this evening. I'll bring him a rut to acquire. That won't be much of a stretch for David, Marco said sardonically. He's already at least half rat. You're going to bring him a rat at the hospital? Cassie asked. No, he and his family are at my house, Jake said. Nothing wrong with him, so the hospital let him go. He's actually staying in my room. His so-called parents have the guest room, and I'm on the couch. What, you didn't want to share a room with David? Marco said. I didn't want to share a planet with him, Jake said. Although I'll tell you one thing. I wish it had worked out with David. Whatever else you can say about him, he's smart, brave, and ingenious. We all nodded in solemn agreement. Yes, yes, he was smart. But was he smart enough? That we would find out. Chapter 23 We left the job of contacting David up to Jake. My job, along with Cassie, Axe, Marco, and Tobias, was to prepare. Preparation involved a lot of work. Hard, physical work. You sure David was in the barn? I asked Tobias for about the tenth time. I can't swear he was in the barn, Tobias said. All I can swear is that a golden eagle left Jake's house. It flew here. It landed behind that old tool shed of Cassie's. David emerged from the golden eagle. Then he morphed to Rattlesnake and was last seen sidewinding toward the barn. Rattlesnake, Marco said. Interesting choice. Good choice. Cassie said. They fit in. 
They don't look out of place in this environment. They are poisonous, have very good senses, move faster than a lot of snakes. If, say, some red-tailed hawk decided to try and eat him, he could use his fangs. Tobias laughed. He's not worried about red-tails. I'm dead, remember? When he was an eaglemorph, he saw me. He just assumed I was an innocent hawk flying around. We went back to work. Tobias flew cover, staying up high enough to spot anyone who might be approaching. But we had chosen a pretty deserted area to make our preparations. There wasn't much chance of anyone surprising us. And we knew David wasn't around. Jake had called me to confirm that he was impersonating Sadler and being fawned over and pampered at Jake's house. Already, it seemed, David was adapting nicely to the role. His family would be taking him home. At least the weather is better, Marco said. I'd hate to be dealing with rain right now. Yeah, it's a beautiful day, I agreed. Why do humans consider some days to be better than others? Axe wondered. And what exactly defines a beautiful day? Sunshine, no clouds. Or at least not too many clouds, I offered. Warm, but not hot. Low humidity, because humidity does bad things to hair. But rain is necessary, is it not? So why do you consider it to be less than beautiful? We were chattering away like that as we worked. Chattering almost compulsively. No one wanted time to think. No one wanted to have time to reflect on what we were doing and what it would mean. But of course, the reality of it all crept into our conversation here and there, in bits and pieces. Cassie said, I feel so sorry for Sadler's parents. Yeah, I agreed. I don't know how they're going to. Also, Marco interrupted pointedly, Sunny days are better because on sunny days, girls wear shorts and like... Little short dresses or whatever. What do they call them? Those dresses that have, like, straps on the top and are usually yellow or whatever? Sundresses? I suggested. See? There you go. Sundresses. As in, sun. You don't hear about rain dresses. You have rain coats. No one ever says, Whoa, you look excellent in that raincoat. These are types of artificial skin, I assume, Axe said. Even Axe was trying to keep the pointless blather going. Even he didn't want to think too much about what was happening. What would happen? Tobias swooped low. I think it's time I went and checked with Jake, he said. Axe man, you need to get human if I'm not here to watch over you guys. Yes, I will do that. Axe began to morph changing from blue andalite to olive-skinned human. Early on, Axe had acquired DNA from Jake, Cassie, Marco, and me, in a process that allowed him to meld the DNA strands into one. The morph he was now adopting was a strange and strangely beautiful human male. I could look at him and literally see parts of myself in his face, parts of the other fully human anamorphs too. One big advantage, with Axe and human morph, we wouldn't have to worry about obsessing over dark possibilities. Axe and Human Morph kept you busy. See, Andalites don't have mouths. They don't make words, and they don't have a sense of taste. Those two things have a tendency to overtake Axe's usual reserve and intelligence. These are good hands for working, Axe said. 
working. I am working with hands. They are strong. Strong hands. Marco sighed. Here we go again now, with the Axeman doing his Rain Man impersonation. I laughed. Just be glad there's no chocolate around. Or nachos, Cassie added. Or cinnamon buns, Marco said. Axe's handsome human head snapped around. Cinnamon buns, uh? No, no, Axe, I'm pretty sure there aren't any cinnamon buns, uh. I mean, cinnamon buns, around here. At last, it was time to add the final piece to our creation. Axe and Marco screwed it into place. Marco tested the movable part. This should work, he said, looking up at me. It better work, I said. Because as awful as this is, the only alternative is worse. It has to work. It has to work or we, all of us, I added with emphasis, we will have to become killers. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I don't have too much to say here other than the usual stuff, but uh, thanks all for listening. We're getting pretty close to the end now. Uh, another episode or two, I think, and we're, we'll be done with the David Saga. And I think next up is maybe the hork Chronicles. I'm going to have to double-check that. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to write in and talk about, you know, the show or your life or my life or, you know, whatever, just want to say hi, there's so many ways you can do that. How many ways? Let's count them. One, Gmail, audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Two, Tumblr, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. Three, my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, and four, Twitter, at Audiomorphs. You could also write a review on Apple Podcasts, and that's another way I guess you could contact me. It'd be kind of a weird way to say hello, but I'm not against it. I'm just saying. And I think that's all I got to say, so thank you all for listening once more. And I will see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.